Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Sticks in the Six podcast. Here are your calls. Andrew Forbes, Peter Barracchini, and Alex Hobson. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Sticks in the Six, episode 123, brought to you by the fine folks at Indiel House. Looks like we're all back into our regular places, or somewhat regular places, so I'm back uh, here in Ontario. But uh, before we get to all the great hockey talk and the Maple Leafs talk, uh, let's check in with you boys, Alex. How are you doing this week, buddy? Uh, something happened this week. Something happened this I, week. I guess, yeah. Something happened? Was it, something happened. I don't know what, was, but... Is there, some, is there something worth talking about today? Hey, yeah, it was, maybe. It was a, little, a little stickier for some of us, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm just going to stop beating around the bush. Um, the Leafs <laughs> won a series. Let's, let's, let's get that out of the way right, right away. I was Let's like, go. lame round of applause, but that's okay. <laughs> they, they heard they heard much better from Maple Leaf Square. Um, so before that series started, I sent out a tweet along the lines of if the Leafs went around this year, I will let people tie me to a chair and dump and pour and splash whatever whatever liquids they wanted on me, just and whatever food, whatever the hell, just you know, shower me and shower me and shit, basically. <laughs> and um, so for those that don't know, I work in a radio station and uh, the station that I work for in the building is right next to the rock radio station. Um, 97, seven hits FM. Great station. If you're ever in the Niagara area, yes. uh, the morning show there, Soper and Brown. Uh, one of the, I mean, I'm biased, but I think one of the funniest morning shows in the province, if you're still an FM radio listener. Um, so I, I poked my head in next door the one day and I was like, listen, I, I, I figured that something in, along the lines of what I tweeted, it's like right up the rally. So I was like, you guys want to help me out with this? And, uh, the and Soper was like 1000%. So, uh, Monday they put the, the Leafs obviously won their series on Saturday. Uh, Monday they put the word out on the air and, uh, they basically invited listeners to come down and we had a whole bunch of like old expired food and stuff that was sitting in the kitchen and in, in promotions and our, in our promotions closet and stuff. And uh, if you want to see the video, I tweeted it uh, at A Hobson Media, or you can check it out on the uh, 97.7 Hits FM Facebook page. It was probably the most disgusting 30 minutes of my life, but every second of it was worth it because I got to see my favorite team play a game in the second round that night. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I put my body on the line. I don't regret it. I got to ask you, like, what that six-year-old Clamato or whatever it was, six-month-old Clamato, like, what did, what oh. was that like going down? Was that a month or – I thought it was years. No, it might seven, years. Seven, oh. seven-year-old Clamato. Oh, oh God. God, that's and worse. I didn't – I, I want to make this very clear. I did not drink any of the Clamato. Okay. I, I, I actually went to great lengths to did, keep my mouth shut. Did he seem to give it a little lick on the lips afterwards? Well, I couldn't help it. I mean, it was it was showering all over my face. So, like, little bits of it ended up in my mouth. But I wasn't I, – I, I tried my hardest because I had to open my mouth oh. to breathe too, right? Be sour and rotten as hell, yeah, though. Yeah, it was – yeah, it was not good. Um, There's full chunks of celery back in it. <laughs> oh god! Full <laughs> chunks of anything, thankfully. But I got to tell you, boys, after I, after I, it started off with the with the honey and the syrup, right? And then it started off the honey and the syrup, and then right after that came the seven year old clamato. And literally, as that jug started getting emptied on my head, I, I I lost all sense of where I was and what was happening. Like. I, I I I was a shell of a man from the moment that Clamato hit my head. Oh, God. It was fully worth it. But I'll tell you, you know what the worst part was? We had a window that was like 9.30 until 10 o'clock in the morning when people could do, when we were filming this and when people could come by and do this. And around 9.40, uh, the guys had to go back on the air. So... 
for about 10 minutes, I was just sitting out there on that porch. It's like six degrees outside and not, and, and there's, there's wind oh. coming around. I'm sitting in shorts and a t-shirt and I'm sitting there soaked in expired Clamato and syrup and honey power and syrup and honey and all this stuff. And I'm just sitting there shivering in the cold, waiting for them to come back out and finish. God. the job. And I think that part was honestly the worst of everything. I, I, I just hate it. it. It was, it was the most disgusting and the most, the most violated I've ever felt, but it was worth it. I will say I this. It. It, I love it. It could have been a, a lot worse if somebody dumped like, you know, hot sauce or like sriracha on yes. you and if it got into your eyes they because act- those glasses did not look like it covered anything so the one guy that came by the station that dumped the syrup and the honey on me also had some pool dye <laughs> and he can, he's yeah, like no. he's like i'll pour because the thing is is that we had a rule they laid out ground rules on the air and the rules were no piss no shit no toxic chemicals so anything outside of that was fair game so i was thinking is, is pool dye not a toxic chemical? And he's like, no, it's not toxic, but it'll probably stain you for, for two weeks. And I'm like, okay, no, we're not doing this. No, no, that, that, hey, that, that I draw the limit there. Hey, forget the green men in Vancouver. We got the, our own blue men. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I missed a chance to go viral there. I could have showed up. To, oh. I should have showed, I could have showed up at the front of the uh, stage at game one in Maple Leaf square. And just, yeah, just stand up there and say, yeah, you know what? This, uh, this is this was intentional i used pool dye to color my skin this way and uh, it was all in the name of the passion so there you go go. well peter it's safe to say you didn't have anything poured on you this week but uh (laughs) how's your week going buddy no i did not um but yeah my week is very quiet obviously you know the big news the maple leafs are moving on um Obviously, I was like chatting with a bunch of my uh, friends from work, and we're going back and forth. I'm like, "Yo, this is like hectic. This is nervous." And then all of a sudden, we as soon as we saw the goal go in, I yelled at the top of my lungs. I'm pretty sure everyone in my house was asleep, and I'm pretty sure I woke them all up. And they, uh, everyone, turned on the TV. What's going on? I'm like, "Oh my god, we actually did it!" And I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. It was absolutely phenomenal. Um, Obviously, not. I didn't put any wager or any bet uh, on there, but um, I will say this, Alex, getting stuff poured on or licking a carpet if you're Jesse Pollock. I, I, I don't know. That was kind of... Uh, well, the thing is, is Jesse Pollock licking the carpet was more of like a short term, but like it was probably more disgusting in the moment than what I was dealing with. Yeah. But- but it was also over in like five seconds. Like he, he immediately got up. That's true. Yeah. Teeth. I had to, Oh, I even, you know what? Like I, if you guys, I still do what you did over like in a carpet. I, yeah, I would if, not do that. No. If you guys watched the video at the end, they had this big, one of those big office cooler jugs of water and they dumped it on me mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there like showering basically under it. And then I had to go into the building. The guy gives me a stack of baby wipes that was like two inches thick and I had to clean myself up in the washroom and then driving home, which was a half hour drive, a half hour drive back to my house from, from oh, work. God. By the way. I was, my body was about as clean as I was going to get up, but my hair was still a, a disaster. And yeah, it was not a fun shower when I got back, but uh, um, yeah, it was uh, it, like I said, it was, it was worth it um, in every retrospect because we're sitting here talking about the Leafs in round two. I don't want to take credit for the Leafs going around two, but <laughs> I'm also not going to say I wasn't part of it. I think I think it was my T Swizzle uh, reference last week. Boys. Yes, right before, right before yes. I was like, I don't want to see this this movie again. But um, no, guys, it, it's it's been, you know, obviously you guys talk about your fandom and, and where you're at, and, and for for somebody like me who's followed the team for for as many years as I have, and to to see that second round again, you know, for the first time in nearly two decades. I mean, it's. It's nice to it's nice to get that taste the second round, and obviously we're going to talk about the, the start of the second round here on this episode as well. But I do want to say I think all three of us better be uh, working on these playoff beards as we go oh, in here, without a doubt. We got at least four more games, at least oh, yeah. four more games. So, um, yeah, general reactions though, boys, to these th- this first round. I mean, obviously Vasilevsky didn't look the same. Peter, you had a great piece about some of the keys to to, to you know what what the Leafs need to do to get that series done. Um, we'll, we'll throw it to you first. What, what's your general takeaway from, you know, the Leafs taking Tampa in six games? The fact that they didn't show any quit. Um, obviously, the, obviously they had the game book on Vasilevsky. Um, obviously 
the whole blocker side was very key, but also them getting traffic in front that that played a big factor in you know getting the goals past them and everything leading up to that. Uh, you get into his uh, his zone, you get into his lane. He's gonna have trouble, you know, tracking that puck. Very like, he, like I, I I just don't understand. Um, I I really don't know where I'm going with this. I'm actually too excited with everything. But um, yeah, he, he the fact that he was um, he wasn't quite himself. Blocker side, you know, traffic, what have you, seemed like something was not necessarily ailing him, but he just wasn't himself. It seemed like, you know, the regression was starting to happen with him and the whole entire team, but the Maple Leafs quit in every single moment and not showing any panic or fear or whatsoever. The ability to battle back, that is what makes you a playoff team. And yeah, they were out heavily played. I mean, the whole series report on natural stat trick, like you saw the discrepancy in everything, shot attempts, scoring chances, high danger, um, it was all heavily favored in Tampa, but Toronto took advantage of those opportunities when they were given to them and, you know, credit to them for finding a way every single time, especially in those three overtime wins, specifically, specifically game six. And, you know, big shout out to Ilya Samsonov for keeping them in when he needed to and making those key saves. Cause if he looking at back at those saves, if you were to put Frederick Anderson back in there, Jack Campbell, chances are those pucks are going in and, Again, we we talk about how they didn't get key saves from those guys at key moments. It was just a fact. I mean, like everyone is joking around, oh, that would have been a Freddie Anderson goal that he let in or Jack Campbell or whatever. But Samsonov made some highlight real saves to keep them alive. And the combination of, you know, winning ugly, winning when they needed to and taking advantage of those chances that had eluded them for so long with the combination of getting those key saves, that ultimately played a big factor. I mean, it's it's maybe the first time we've seen Vasilevsky look human, and mm-hmm. and that blocker side was unbelievably weak. Um, he just didn't seem to be seeing the puck as well as he as he has in the past. And you know, maybe it is injury. Uh, obviously, time will tell. You know, we'll see that come out at some point. But um, it, I think too, it comes it comes into fatigue, right? Like you had you had Brian Elliott this season as as his backup. I mean, how often did you see Brian Elliott playing games? Yeah. You had Vasilevsky playing the last three years into the into the uh, Stanley Cup Finals, and I think it finally catches up with a guy like that. Like, I mean, two cup wins, a cup final last year. You can't really beg the guy for for not having a good series, but um, it kind of came at the perfect time for the Leafs, and and they needed they needed a goaltender to look human for them to kind of pull this one out a little bit because they were outplayed in in, in a lot of aspects of this series and at a lot of uh, during a lot of times, and they. They were lucky to get away with some of these wins, but at the same time, they were resilient, like you said. And and Samsonov had a huge part in that. And we talked about that way back in the preseason when we were saying, you know, is it going to be Murray's team or is it going to be Samsonov's team? And I think we were all pretty much in agreement that Murray's going to start the year. We're going to end the year with Samson, Samsonov. And, I mean, here we are sitting there talking about a guy that definitely stole a couple, couple uh, opportunities away from Tampa to take that series. So, Alex, your general takeaways of, of what happened in round one. Um, before we get to my general takeaways, I'm going to throw a video up on the screen here. I uh, grabbed the doorbell cam footage from the moment the Leafs scored in overtime in game six. Beautiful. So uh, here we go. If you're, if you're one of the two people watching the stream right now, I hope you enjoy this. Uh, uh, yeah so that's that that was the feeling inside the hobson household on uh on uh after game six there just Um, loud noises right there yeah i uh (laughs) i'm glad we didn't get the cops called on us because it could have sounded like a murder was going on in there especially considering my brother his only the only thing he was doing was screaming my name over and over i don't know if you guys could hear that (laughs) (laughs) so uh, yeah, what a what a great, what a great moment. Uh, and you oh know what? I, I'm not gonna lie, boys. I didn't want to say anything out loud after Game Four because I I've seen this team blow leads and blow opportunities in the most unimaginable ways. That being said, 
as soon as they made that comeback in game four, I knew they were winning the series mm-hmm. because once I, once they proved that they could on the road for the second game in a row, come back and beat Tampa Bay in their own building with the second game being a three goal comeback, as opposed to just a one goal comeback. I mean, that right there is something that never, ever happens to the Leafs. They never pull that kind of a, that, that kind of thing off. We talked about it last episode. They, they are always on the other end of those games when that involve big chokes and not being able to hold down a lead and, you know, getting embarrassed in your own barn. That's always the Leafs on the other end of that. So, you know, as much as we talked about the individual things that the Leafs had to do to get out of the first round, like they had to tighten up here and, you know, get good goaltending from Samsonov, the big boys got to show, et cetera, et cetera. The one thing above all that they needed to win that series was the buy-in mentality to not quit and to be able to find ways to win those games, even if they don't deserve it. And when I saw them make that comeback in game four, my thought was, okay, so if you can do that in game four and you've got guys who are going to ensure that there's no quit any night, so you can, you can forget about a 2021 Montreal scenario. You know, you've got guys like Ryan O'Reilly there, Nolachari, Luke Shen, Jake McCabe, all these guys that want to make a like new guys who, and I'm they've not been there. They've yeah, been there. They've, mm-hmm. well, McCabe hasn't. He was he he spent a good 500 games without getting a single playoff game. But everybody else, like they've been there and they know what it takes to get there. So I wasn't worried about the Leafs choking up, um, choking up and just completely fizzling out and dying. That being said, I just I. I I'm exact same thing is happening to me that just happened to Peter. I just, <laughs> um, you know, I You're overcome with joy. I knew, yeah. I knew that they weren't going to quit because of how well they were playing and like the amount and that, like the type of guys that they had on their team. So my mind just went to, okay, so if you can do it in game four, then why can't you do it in game five, game six or game seven? And, you know, I'm not going to lie going into game six. I did have a, feeling in my stomach that was like if the Leafs lose this game I think they're losing in seven but deep 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 down even below that feeling I was like I think this is going to be the team that does it and they went ahead and did it so um yeah obviously the excitement was running rampant uh we've talked a a lot on this show about the, the the gap between me and you guys because you've actually seen success I haven't and that was uh I gotta say boys first time in 19 years seeing my team win a playoff series it was a pretty good feeling so uh hoping that there's three more to be won this year yeah and you know what it's it's funny that you I'm not gonna sit here and say that I I knew that they were gonna they're gonna take the series because I'll be honest with you going into game six I was nervous I was the same as you Alex I thought you know if they lose game six it's done and we're in the same spot talking about the same goal yeah, yeah, and he like you could just see you could just see the tables turn a little bit, but at the same time, um, you know, I think back to what Keith said about McCabe in that first in that first round. He's he's seeing shaky going into his first playoff game. Beyond that, he grew as a player. Like he became he became the Jake McCabe that the Leafs acquired ahead of the deadline, where he plays he played physical. He was more confident. He was poised with the puck. He was making plays that maybe he didn't make in the first couple games, and because of that it and because of guys like O'Reilly who just refused to give up I mean we saw him take that high stick late in game one of the second round here and like this this is the guy who's just going to be in those grimy areas no matter what yeah Achari um the the changes made from from Sheldon Keefe to take Justin Hall out of the lineup finally um and and to go 11 and 7 and it, and it worked out for them um and and those those little little moves I think I'm not going to say he was Outcoached by Cooper most of the series, but I think Tampa had the edge in coaching most of the series. Um, I think Sheldon Keith made the made the moves that he had to make ahead of Game Six to get the job done, and it was a tight, tight game. They found a way to get it done, and at the end of the day, JT throwing a puck on net, and you you know what they say, you, you know you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, and that was a cheap goal, but it was a goal and there's no video on the scorecard. At the end of the day, the Leafs come out with the, the series win. And I mean, the excitement, the, the excitement in Leafs nation, you guys saw fireworks going off downtown Toronto, people mm-hmm. climbing poles. It's round one. And, and you know, the new, the new comeback from anybody outside of Leafs nation is going to be like, you guys won one series, but the fact that they were able to get that series done. And now you've given your, your core group, the group that had zero playoff success, you've given them experience. You've given them, playoff success you've also given them the knowledge of what needs to get done to to get past that that hump 
you know, and get, get over the, the, the bump in the road. And um, yeah, I mean, general takeaway, Samson have played a hell of a series. Um, you know, even sometimes, you know, he was a little shaky in certain games and came back and, and, you know, played, played well the next time around to get, to get it done. So I think that was huge. Your core four were huge. And, uh, you know, you had the guys in the lineup to fill the holes that, you know, you need to get it done. So here's what I'm going to say about Samsonov's goaltending in this series. I'm just going to pull up a stat for you here. The 2020 playoff bubble, Frederick Anderson through five games against Columbus had a 936 save percentage. Jack Campbell against Montreal last year had a 934 save percentage. And where did that get them? Nowhere. You know why? Because Frederick Anderson allowed that back-breaking goal to Liam Foody in game two. That per- Sorry, not game two. In the, it was the second goal of game five that mm-hmm. ended up icing them. Campbell allowed that horrible first game, what he called the worst goal of his career against Brennan Gallagher in game seven against Montreal. And don't get me wrong. There were reasons beyond that, why the Le- beyond those two goals, why the Leafs lost both of those series. But what they needed more than anything else was a goalie that was able to make the big saves at the right times. And the goalies that were able to lock it up and settle in when it mattered the most. Like, if you notice Samsonov, a lot of the goals that he allowed came in the first and the second period. Can I give you guys a stat? Game one, or game one, I can't even pull my thoughts together. In Throughout the first series, throughout round one, in the third period and overtime periods of the series, Samsonov stopped, I think it was 49 of 51 shots. Can you, like, you can't even begin to, to stress how important that is for the Leafs. That game four or whatever it was, sorry, not game four, it was game three when the Leafs won it at overtime in the last minute of the first overtime period. Samsonov stopped eight of eight shots. And, you know, th- those those shots that he stopped included Kucherov's wild chance on the backhand where he, I thought the game was over. There were tons of other chances in that game where the game easily could have been over. Samsonov could have allowed the goal. And no one really would have blamed him because there was, you know, the Leafs had a couple of bad defensive breakdowns in that game. Like, it was not not a great game played for them. But Samsonov tightened up, and he made the saves that the team needed him to make the most when they needed it the most. And that's a big reason why they're in round two right now. Yeah, I mean, he he, he made the saves in, in big – and like you said, the, the opportunities weren't poor opportunities by, by Tampa either. And, I mean, I, I think this is – you can't always go by the numbers. And that's the biggest thing. You can't always go by the numbers. I mean, Vasilevsky made some great stops, but at the same time um, – you know, like his his numbers weren't incredible either, and like he had a he had an okay series. He just looked more human than we're used to. Um, I want to jump back to Frederick Anderson for a second though. But where, like, where where is he? This is this is a story that is interesting because I forget who brought it up. But if you look at his history going into playoffs, aside from his time with the Leafs, he's kind of gone in injured every year mm-hmm. and, and doesn't play a game. And it's interesting because, you know, at least let him walk Carolina, picked him up. Um, and now Carolina is sitting there with their, their guy not being in the, in, in that for them in their run. I mean, they're not doing too bad, so we can't really come yeah. give them help for it, but it's just an interesting thought going forward for Carolina. If, if that continues to be the case, but um I want to jump into round two here real quick, boys. And uh, Leafs down one nothing in the series against Florida. It was a, it was a hard-fought game, 4-2, 4-2 game. I think it looked, you know, there was – who was it? Uh, Joe Haggerty, I think you you retweeted um, uh, Peter. And uh, he was saying, well, the Leafs, want, Leafs wanted the Panthers. Now they got the Panthers, and they're doing the exact same thing that they did to the Bruins. Um, and, and I, I – Yet they, I, I the Bruins fans wanted we won a cup in game one. Yeah, but my thing is, I, I don't. I think regardless of you know, Florida's coming off winning a game seven against the best team in the in in the NHL this year, mm-hmm. right? Had Boston come into it, Boston would be coming off winning a game seven against a team that you know pushed them to the absolute brink, and they would still be fired up. Momentum yeah. would be on their side. Um, the Leafs are coming off a celebration of, of getting past that first round in, in how many years. I think to, to judge it and look at it and say, well, it was a 4-2 game. It wasn't close. It, it was so much closer than you think. Physicality-wise, Luke Shen had a big hit. Jake McCabe had a couple of big hits. Um, you know, it was just – it was, it was such a, a playoff. Hit. 
It's more yeah. Riley had a huge hit, huge hit. And it, it just seemed like so much more playoff intensity in that game. Um, I want to talk to you guys about the, the game one panics that seemed to go over Leafs nation on a, on a constant consistent basis. Um, normally the first round, now we're in the second round game one, we lose four, two, all of a sudden panic sets in. Alex, is this, is this like a trending thing in Leafs nation or is it just like, Hey, every loss, we're going to throw shit against the wall and see if it sticks. That we're going to throw shit against the wall. That <laughs> just that. That's <laughs> Okay. I, I'm probably the wrong person to ask about this because I'm not going to lie, boys. I am still riding the high from just getting out of the first round. Even if they lose on Thursday and they go down to nothing in the series, I won't really, I won't really care all that much. And uh, obviously you don't want it to get to that point. You want the Leafs to split the games at home and, and, you know, go down to Florida tied one, one, but you know, it's just, they, they didn't play an awful game. And it's like, you just watch these guys pull off three, not, not three comebacks, sorry, pull off three overtime three wins, wins all on the road against the Tampa Bay lightning. You just saw this team, this group of players that like, Ne- in, never in the past 19 years has a group of players on the Toronto Maple Leafs been able to win a, win a round. This team right here, this group, was able to do what no other team in the past 20 years has. And you're going to get freaked out in game one of round two? Really? No. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not getting worried. I, I, I think that it's just Leaf fans. Leaf fans have a very, like, knee-jerk reaction type of way of handling games. Like, it, I follow so many people on Twitter, and I love them because, you know, I... I, I love being a Leafs fan. I love I love the community, and I love how we're all unhinged. Um, but there are people that I follow on Leafs Twitter who, when they lose a game, it will be it will be over. This team does not have what it takes. They have no heart. They don't show up in the right moments. Then when they win the next game, everything's back to normal. We are so back. This team is the best. They're going on a run. I know people like to make fun of Leaf fans for that, but like they really do show it themselves on Twitter um, after games like that. So. Yeah, I, I'm not worried after game one. Nobody should be worried. It's a seven-game series. If you really thought that the Florida Panthers, who just took down the best team in the league coming back from a 3-1 series deficit, are going to just go down like that, then you're wrong, and you you have unrealistic expectations. Those losses that you're talking about, too, are coming in uh, you know September preseason. Oh, yeah. At least, oh, no, at least Twitter's melting down. All throughout the year, man. Like, it, it's literally every single loss. Like, I actually don't think there was a single loss this year where where there wasn't at least somebody like, this team is done. They're screwed. They're screwed. Yeah, no, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And, and before we get to your, your take on it, Peter, uh, this almost seems like a perfect opportunity to, uh, you know, give our, our partners a shout-out here from India Ale House. Um <laughs> The Leafs are back in round two, and so is playoff hockey. It's back with the Maple Leafs getting ready for a night out of watching the game uh, or watching at home with the game. What better way to do it than with a nice cold one from the folks at the Indiel House in Toronto. With two locations in the city at Italy, Toronto, at Bay and Bloor, the Biroteca location, they have two big screens, amazing authentic Italian food, and loads of beer, also at OG Brew Pub in the junction at Keel and Dundas with 120 seats, famous bar food, and 12 taps. Indie Ale House is an award-winning brewery featuring their flagship instigator IPA and dozens of rotating monthly special release beers. Perfect for takeout, dine-in, or bottle shop online orders when planning for game night. You can find instigator IPA and Marco Polo Pilsner at finer LCBOs across the province as well. Hashtag Live Indie is the motto. Adventurous, fun-focused beers with a selection for everyone, from a healthy dose of in-your-face hoppy beers for the beer geeks to mainstream pilsners and easy drinking options, Indie Ale House is the go-to for game day. Visit www.indialehouse.com to place your orders today. And Peter, are you grabbing a beer for for a game two, or what's going on? What's your what are your thoughts going into game two, coming off that that game one? Uh, Lost our Leafs Nation just in full panic mode, or what's going on? I will be opening up a beer because I'm going to be chilled. Uh, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna be relaxed. I'm gonna be calm. I, I, I was I, I was going to drop an f bomb right there because I I I gotta start swearing a little bit more, boys. I feel like I'm the con- like the conscious of the keep, show kind of thing. You, you keep us grounded, bud. You keep <laughs> us grounded. <laughs> I'm the glue that keeps us together, kind of thing. Um, yeah, no, I I agree with Alex. I think you know there are gonna be people that blow things out of proportion, and yes, there were. I still think that there were some game one jitters just like they had um, against the Tampa Bay Lightning in game one. But I thought this was a better game one performance compared to what we have seen in the past from the Maple Leafs. Yes, there was, you know, Jake McCabe kind of losing his uh, man or like losing um, the stick tie up on uh, Nick Cousins on the first goal. There was the traffic in front on Samson up and even the deflection off Matthew Nyes' stick going into the goal. The TJ Brody, you know, mishap on that goal, on that goal to Carter Verhage. And I'm still kind of a little bit worried about TJ Brody's play at the moment, but they still showed that intensity. They showed that physicality. They got off to a blazing hot start and yeah, the Florida Panthers forecheck was kind of a bit of an issue, but they still managed to match that intensity, something that we saw at, at peaks and valleys. There were moments during the Tampa Bay series, but they came out flying and hitting everything in sight. I mean, I've honestly, never seen the Leafs lay so many massive open ice hits. Open hits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ex- exactly. And this is why they brought in Luke Shen, Jake McCabe, and I, I, I'm going to say even Morgan Riley. I mean, they didn't bring Morgan Riley in, but man, that open ice hit on Eric Stahl was something. They, you know, Peter, and they did bring him in in the sense that this Morgan Riley was not on the team all year. Yeah. This was, this was a, this yeah, was a late, late post-deadline trade acquisition. Uh, regular season Morgan Riley for playoff Morgan Riley. And police fleeced yeah. themselves. At least, like, it seems like one of those deadline moves that they didn't move that's actually benefiting them because they needed their top puck moving defenseman to play at his best. And he is playing like he should have been during the regular season. Now, whether he was, de- we know he had an injury, we know he was inconsistent, but he is shooting the puck more. He's doing what he needs to do. Um, but yeah, I'm I, I'm still happy with the fact that they still managed to battle back. I mean, back-to-back goals from Nyes. And I'm just going to say that was an absolute beauty in tights. Uh, his reaction from the Maple Leafs Twitter account, that like solo shot of him, like down on the ice, the one knee Sally, and just seeing the emotion on his face. This is why Matthew Nyes has gained the trust of Sheldon Keefe. To be on the top line, score a key goal. And even Michael Bunting. M- Bunting... Coming back, kind of having that revenge tour mentality kind of thing where he kind of played the villain against Tampa Bay with the suspension, missed the game, came back, looked good in game six, and he looked better in game one here. So I think if the Maple Leafs just tighten up a little bit defensively, and I even talked about a key being watching out for their being better on their breakouts and passing in the neutral zone because Tampa Bay is a quick transitional team. If they're able to do that and still match the intensity and be smart with their putt, smart with the puck movement, there isn't any doubt that they could pull off a W in, ga- in game two, three, four, reel off three straight in a row because they have that mentality right now. And Forbes, you mentioned a good point how no matter who they were going to play, Boston or Florida, there's going to be a team with high momentum coming in. Now it seems like Toronto has the edge. Obviously, Florida has the edge because they're up one nothing. But don't discredit Toronto because what what during an optional skate, what happened? Everybody was on the ice working working their tails off because you know what's at stake right now. They know that they got to be at their best. They Everyone was at practice, including the Stars. That's a championship mentality right there. Well, and you think too, like the feeling that you have after winning round one, I mean, magnify that every time you win a round, mm-hmm. right? So you you heard the guys talking about, you know, this is, you know, it's a good feeling to get it done for Leafs Nation. It's a good, t- good feeling for to get it done for the guys in the room. Well, like, magnify that every time you win the next four games because round two is going to be 10 times better. Round three is going to be incredible. And, 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 you know, God help me, they get to, they get to the Stanley cup final and, 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 you know, put up some wins there. Like it's, it's going to change. It's going to change the lives of some of those guys in that room. Mm -hmm. And, and hell, some of us as well. Like, Oh yeah. (laughs) You know, by that, by that point, Alex will fully dye himself blue for the rest of his life. Like Jesus. Yeah. People have start, people have already started asking me what my claim is going to be to get them to round three. And I'm like, keep my mouth shut. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) But you you know what I'm saying? So like, 
Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's the, the mentality that they have to have, whether it's participating in optional skates or, or just knowing that, you know, you got guys like Luke Shen, you got guys like O'Reilly, you have guys like, you know, even even Johnny, Johnny Hockey, like, or Johnny Tavares, like he's going to be, he's nearing the end of his career to get him an opportunity to, to, to play for a cup. I mean, that's what your mentality has to be. Um, but aside from that, like, obviously Leafs down one nothing in the second round. Peter, I'm going to throw it right back to you. What do they have to do to get or game two to go their way? Again, I, I, I kind of mentioned it with one of my takeaways and even the last comment, be smarter with the puck. I mean, too many times that the the, the Panthers are pressuring in the offensive zone, in, in the neutral zone, that they're just throwing the puck blindly and it's being picked up and, you know, results in a turnover and everyone's scrambling. You can't do that, especially in the second round right now. You know, Again, yeah, the Florida Panthers are a wild card team, but they got here for a reason because they executed properly against the Boston Bruins and they used that what made them successful to their advantage in that series in game one. I mean, they were absolute powerhouses. Their top players in Matthew Kachuk and Brandon Montour were critical factors in that game. You got to be smart because they can hurt you. Just be smarter with the movement. Um and you know what? Move together as a unit too. Like the breakout passing, they weren't connecting as well, kind of going back to the Tampa Bay series. They got to be aware of their surroundings because it ended up costing them. And I'm just going to say this too. I think we need to see a lot more from TJ Brody. I know I mentioned it a little bit before, but because we saw that goal that Carver Hagee scored, how he was just absolutely completely, he's focusing in on the puck and he doesn't take the man. And usually knowing Brody, He's always taking the man. He's not making those pinches towards the puck or trying to like keep the play alive kind of thing. He's smart about it, but at that moment, he did not make the right play because it ended up burning him and Rahigi went in for the game-winning goal. He's got to be a little bit better, and I could think we could all attest to the fact that him and even Mark Giordano to an extent has to be a little bit better with their decision-making. And I think maybe age is catching up with Gio, but Brody, they expect a little bit more consistency from him. And with him and McCabe as a top pairing right now, he needs to be at his best and he can't be making those risky moves because I don't want to say like kind of like a Justin Hall kind of thing because he's been more consistent, but he's, he's just got to be a little bit better. I, I think from here on out, he, he just needs to do what, what he did successfully before. Just play it safe, play it simple, and then things will go right his way. Alex, game two. Leafs need, in my opinion, you want to go back to Florida with a split. What do the Leafs need to do to get game two to go their way? Um, I think they just got all, this is going to sound like a typical guy on couch watching sports trying to coach his team um, take, but I think that they really just have to limit brain farts. Just stop, you know, like I, I really, I'm, I, I really didn't hate their effort all that much in game one. I think it was more just the fact that they made stupid mistakes at bad times. And, you know, you can get away with doing that sometimes in the playoffs, but you don't want to rely on getting yourself out of that when, when the mistakes come back to bite you. So I think they just got to, they got to stick to their game. I think they just got to do whatever, do exactly what they did in game two of of last series. Like, hell, if you want to, you know, the Leafs obviously didn't get blown out in game one, but if you want to find a blueprint to follow, just do exactly what you did in round one. I, I think we need a big game from Samsonov. And I think they uh, I, I think they just got to respond. Don't try and change anything about your game aside from the brain farts, because I think for the most part, they were getting their looks and they were having their chances. And I think, you know, a couple more bounces go their way. The They're, they're fine. So um, I'd like to uh, pretty much just see, like to see more of the same and uh, definitely a little less of the brain farts. And I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I think a quick start, um, that's that that's the biggest thing. If you can get off to a quick start, you know, get a couple tucks early on and and get your guys going. I think that fires your team up a lot uh, a lot quicker. I think Sammy Sammy seemed a little off in game one. I think uh if he has a bounce back game like he has all playoff long, all all season long, really, um, you know, you're talking about a different outcome because you said it, Alex, their effort in game one was not bad. It wasn't wasn't bad at all. We saw it like like you both mentioned, the physical play was incredible. Um, they're right there. They're they're containing the people they need to contain, and and I think that's that's the biggest thing for them. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do. Um, I do want to get your thoughts though quickly before we jump into our next topic here. Florida limiting the Panthers limiting 
ticket sales to Canadian citizens. <laughs> um, and the only, the only reason I ask is because I've looked at, I've looked at like Facebook groups with the Leafs, uh, Leafs, Leafs Facebook groups, fan groups, and you got Americans that are down there saying like, you know, I'll buy your tickets, just Venmo, Venmo me the money, uh, you know, you'll get down here. Um, I actually know some people that got tickets that are going down. Um, but on top of that, then you have like, you know, you have guys that are like willing to send and, and the snowbirds, most of them have us credit cards as it is anyway. So they're going to, they're going to be able to purchase tickets regardless. So I'm just curious, like one, what the NHL's take must be on this, because it doesn't help with growing the game technically, not that you need to grow the game surrounding the Maple Leafs, like, let's be honest. But at the same time, you know, you're create you're trying to create a home atmosphere, but all you're doing is is kind of like I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's the stupidest thing in the world. I think to to I think it's the dumbest, most ridiculous bullshit. Like Tampa you tried to do it a couple of years ago and it didn't fucking work out then. So what like what are the the Florida Panthers, man, like the okay, the Florida Panthers are looking for fans ninety percent of the time. What are you doing limiting ticket sales? Okay, and here's the funniest part about it. Like, like, do the do the Panthers really think that the people showing up in Leafs jerseys are all flying down from Ontario? No. Nah. You know how many retirees are in Florida and how many people are living they're in already Florida full time who are there and they're originally from Canada, but they wanted to move somewhere warm? With the Panthers restricting ticket sales to Florida residents only, all they are doing with that is basically holding up a sign saying we're insecure as fuck. That's really yeah, all what, yeah, that's all they're doing yeah. because they are not going to, I, I don't know what, I don't know what their expectation is here. Like is their expectation that they're going to limit sales to only Florida residents. And then it's just going to be a packed barn of nothing but Panthers jerseys. Just, you know, uh, simply only your, your, your home fans. No, no like enemy territory or anything like that. Like, like what are you doing? <laughs> I think I think you just gave me a great idea for uh, for some content later on. So <laughs> nice, love it. I think you gave me some great ideas for content. It's like, yeah, no, I, I, sign, I agree with like you. I was about guy. to say the sign guy holding up a sign saying I'm insecure wearing a Panthers jersey. Like <laughs> yeah. that's that's really what it comes down to. And that's not a knock on Panthers fans because you know we joke about how the Panthers you know don't have a fan base and stuff like that. You know, there are fans down there. Every team's got their fans that show up and make absolutely, absolutely show up and come to their games. But you're really, you really, you're not going to do anything. You think you're going to do something, but you're not going to do anything. Every, even the Leaf players are calling bullshit on that. Yeah. Jake McCabe was like, Yeah, I highly doubt that. And Bunting yeah. was like, Oh, I'm sure they'll find their way into the stands. Like, it's, it's not going to work. Like, let's be realistic. They're resale sites that you could buy those obviously they're going to be scalped but at the same time you can still rebuy them online there isn't any doubt about that and the fact that you're going to be losing money if you do that to an organization that's still kind of like lower in you know in terms of like a hockey related revenue coming in are you really going to like lose money over that just because you don't want maple leaf fans there I can't wait to see what the crowd looks like game three. Yeah. Can't wait. Like, let's face it. It's the, it oh. And Alex, Alex sitting there in tiny blue in the corner. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know how much of a budget we have from these sponsorships, but if you guys want to, you guys want to fly me out to Florida for game three, I will dye my skin blue and I'll be there. Right there beside you. If there's somebody willing to pay our tickets down there, I'll be right there beside you. Oh, yeah. Imagine, that. imagine <laughs> our spending our Saturday like that, eh? So are we really just are we really just going to dye ourselves blue like the Smurfs or? Yes, absolutely. I'll okay. even wear the white hat. You know what? We'll, 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 you'll be Papa Smurf. How about that? We'll, we'll turn ourselves. <laughs> we'll turn ourselves into like a into like a dollar store version of the Blue Man Group. We'll bring, that too. We'll that bring too. Drums, okay. Bring drums and we'll, we'll we'll. Peter, you're a drummer. Oh, oh God, yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll play. We'll we'll, we'll get all these massive like uh, massive. Get a drum line going. Get all these massive timpanis and just start hitting. I don't know. Yeah, just start a drum line every time the least score, every Let's time go. you whistles. Come on. We couldn't afford the body paint, so we just got pool dye. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's going to end very uh, well. Yeah. Oh, my God. We're back at work a week later, still fully blue. 
Jeez. Oh God! Forbes is like Forbes is like trying to like talk to his employees, just like, "Hey, take me seriously, damn it!" <laughs> I wouldn't be able to take myself seriously. I'd wake up in the morning and just shake my head in the mirror. Oh, uh, anyway, I, I already do that. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, boys. Last little point here before we get going, um, Alex. Let's start to you. Containing Matthew to Chuck, he's he's obviously playing his head games. He's you know, uh, mental warfare on the Maple Leafs in game one. And and aside from containing him, what did the Leafs have to do to get this series to go their way? Um, well, I mean, first of all, if you want to talk about containing Matt Kachuk, I think the number one way to do that is keep the Geo Lilly or Geo Hall pairing off the ice when he's out there because you need at least one of Jake McCabe or Luke Shen staple to him at mm-hmm. all times. Um, so that's going to be a way to contain Kachuk. I think, like, just like I said about what they need to do in game two, I think they just need to stay, stay true to their game and keep using that series against Tampa Bay as a reference point. Like, hey, this is not the team of 2022 or 2021 or 2020. This is a different team. This is one that has proven they can win and win these tight games. And, you know, Florida, and I'm not, I'm not downplaying them at all because we just wait we just talked about how much motivation they're going to have and how they could be one of the hungriest teams in the in the playoffs right now but on paper this is a team that barely squeaked into the playoffs like if you are the toronto maple leafs you should be reminding yourself that you're better than better than them on paper if you show up and play your game because if you don't do that, you try to cheat the game, then Florida's going to win because they've got the moment. They've got momentum right now. Sure, the Leafs have momentum too, but they've got their own. And um, you know, Matt Kachuk even heard what he said in his in his press conference the morning of Game One. He said, you know, people said that no one or people said that. Um, I, I don't even remember what the quote was. It was an underdog quote, something about how pe- people said we weren't going to beat Boston. Now people are saying we won't beat Toronto or something like that. I don't know. I can't remember. Too fried. I got to go to bed. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's really what it comes down to for me. Uh, just just staying true to the game. This is this is a great Leafs team that's strong in every aspect. They're not really missing anything this year. It's just a matter of showing up and playing their game. Peter, same uh, same question. What the Leafs need to do uh, aside from containing Matthew Tuchuk to get this job done? I mean, if he's going to play those mind games, play the mind games back. I mean, you saw him try to get inside Matt, Matthew Nyes' head, and then he just bounces bounces back and scores that goal right away. Um, I would suggest, um, you know, chipping a puck at him, but you probably can't do that in the playoffs because he'll probably score that right away. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with Alex. I, I think you just got to, like, win the matchup against him. Um, and you know what? Show that physicality because we saw Shen lay that massive hit along the boards, and it's like, man, you throw him off his game, he's going to retaliate and probably do something stupid, and that's going to draw you a penalty. And the Maple Leafs have been successful against Kachuk this season in four games played. You want to know how many? I mean, like, four games is like a short amount of time, but in those four games, he only registered one goal. Maple Leafs know how to shut down Matthew Kachuk. They know how to shut down the star players against the opposition. They did a fantastic job limiting or limiting the you know point totals for Kucherov, Stamkos, and Point in that series against the Lightning. They're a tougher task than anybody on the Florida Panthers right now. So if you're able to do that, you can easily do the same thing. And I would also suggest, kind of like the, four, the third pairing, don't put the fourth line against them. <laughs> I mean, literally, I saw that fourth line shift and I'm like, what is going on? Like, if you're Keith, listen, I know you got to like match the lines and you got to play everybody at certain points, but do not play the fourth line against the top line. You're asking to be scored against. Just just do that. And you know what? Again, watch the matchups and get inside his head, too, because we have the players now. You saw, I mean, uh, when we were talking on Maple Leaf Lounge, we heard uh, Luke Shen call either Tanner Janot or uh, Pat Maroon irrelevant. And you saw how mad the bench got at that. You do the same thing and chirp the Matthew Kachuk. That's all you need to do. Yeah, you've got, you've got guys that have been around, right? You know, they know, they know how to play the games. Uh, Luke Shen's been there for two, two cups. He's, uh, you know, he knows what needs to get done. And, and I think, playing the game is exactly what you need to do. You need to find a way to get him away from what 
he does to be successful. And, and if chirping you is, is part of his game that makes him successful, you got to find a way to get him off of that. And I think that's, that's the key to containing a guy like Matt to Chuck, but you know, to get this done, I think it's just, it's, it's, you know, clamping down defensively, making sure that you get that early start every game, play your 60 minutes and clamp down defensively because this Florida Panthers team is going to come at you hard. Verhege might be one of the more underrated players in the league over the last two seasons. Um, again, another guy that the Leafs had within their organization at one point and, and let him go and, and, you know, happy for him that he's having the success, but I don't want to see it happen, come against the Maple Leafs. So, um, but at the same time, you know, Bobrovsky's been shaky at times this year. So, you know, they, you know, he's, he's not the same Bobrovsky that you're going to see night in and night out that you saw in game one. On top of that, their backup is Alex Lyon. I mean, not the biggest NHL resume. So get him into the game. If you have to find a way to find a way to chase Bob off his game. And I think, you know, you're talking about a different a different Florida Panthers team, but um, it's going to be a long, hard series. I think this game, I think this series goes at least six, if not seven. And I, I think the Leafs, Leafs are going to find a way to, to make it tough on them. I think it's going to be a physical one. I think they're going to be a lot of battered and bruised players coming out of this uh, this series, but it's going to be a fun one to watch, boys. And, and that's what we want in round two. It's, it's not your regular round two if you look around the league right now. Uh, but it's exactly, you know, exactly what the NHL needs right now with mm-hmm. with Seattle playing the way they're playing. Obviously, Edmonton playing the way they're playing. We're going to see that tonight. Carolina, New Jersey, um, having a, having a good one this after or this evening as well. So, um, lots to talk about when it comes to uh, the league wide as well as our Leafs going into the next week. Here, the Leafs are back in action tomorrow night for Game Two. That's Thursday night. Uh, before we close it out here, gentlemen, anything you wanted to add before uh, before game two kicks off tomorrow? I got nothing to add. Um, go watch uh, go watch my video if you haven't yet. <laughs> Peter, anything from you, buddy? Go get it. Go get it. Go there get you go. it. Any, anyways, boys, thanks again, as always, for joining us for episode 123 of the podcast. I will say now we do have some big news coming out this week, so we're very excited to announce that as well. Um, shout out to the NDL House for consistently sponsoring us and partnering with, with us throughout this season. Uh, we hope to have them back next year as well. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Sticks in the Six Six IX, um, as well as hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, wherever you look at uh, content for podcasts like ours. Otherwise, you can check out every streaming service over the next couple of days. And this episode one twenty three will be up on all streaming services, services, surfaces, services. Um, it'll be up on every, that, every surface out there. It'll be up on every surface. Otherwise, you floors, can follow, tables, you name it. Yeah. Floors, tables. Yeah. Jesus. Um, Watch it on the grass <laughs> if you want. <laughs> oh, geez. It'll be, a, it'll be a banner on the boards in Florida as they go into the yes. uh, game, game three. Um, anyways, gentlemen, you can follow, uh, you can follow us all on Twitter as well at Andrew G, G Forbes for myself, a Hobson media for Alex and at, P. Barracchini for Peter. Aside from that, uh, we look forward to hearing your thoughts after game two uh, tomorrow night, and we'll check back with you for episode 124 of the podcast next week.